Hey guys, this is Mike Mahaffey, the old bastard BJJ guy, here for BJJ Mental Models. Back in my day, we had to walk uphill in the snow both ways to get to the academy just to learn some crappy technique from a random purple belt. You kids have it so easy, because now you can just subscribe to BJJ Mental Models Premium and get tons of great audio courses to learn new techniques, enhance your mindset, and entertain yourself. You can even get personalized rolling reviews from some of your favorite BJJ Mental Models coaches, including me. It's like having your own seminar, you spoiled little whippersnappers. So what are you waiting for? Subscribe to BJJ Mental Models Premium right now, get off my lawn, and go train. BJJ Mental Models. I am your host, Matt Kwan. Steve Kwan can't be here today. He's on a family vacation to Ukulit, BC, but I am here with the famous Oliver Taza from TriStar Montreal. Oliver, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm here with the famous Matt Kwan. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no, great great to, see, uh, great to see you again. Back in town right after Nogi Worlds, and uh, Oliver's going to be teaching a class tonight at On Guard, so I'm very excited for that. Mm. Um, we should have a really great turnout, and last time... The guys were super stoked on the lesson you taught. It was on uh, open guard passing. And I actually wanted, I wanted to have another lesson on open guard passing, but these guys were like, yo, Taz has got a sick guard. We got to ask, how does he play open guard? You know, all that snap down high stuff that he was showing. That's sort of what I want to, what I want to learn. So I think tonight we're going to be seeing what you do from the bottom. Yeah. We're going to be working on putting pressure from bottom. Yeah. So awesome. uh, how, how to get somebody to engage with you, how to get somebody to, you know, um, give you something sometimes yeah. they're just passive not giving you much they're not really engaging in your guard ways to you know initiate initiate that so I'll probably gonna you know, be working with that and i'm excited to roll with everybody and then um what's it called tomorrow I- itt yeah island top team tomorrow so we're gonna go to professor rob bernacki's school uh we're all gonna take the ferry over in the morning and then oliver is gonna teach a teach a workshop there and yeah Catch the ferry on the way back. How long are you in town for? You're leaving until Monday. Until Monday. Monday. Listen to this. My flight is at 5 p.m. and I gotta record an instructional that day with casting. Oh really? Yeah. A, yeah. a whole instructional. A full instructional. How okay. long did it take you to film? Uh, it, it took a few sessions because sometimes, well, you know, you could you could get lucky if you can hit it all on the first try, right? But sometimes you miss things or whatever. You do you have a game plan for that? Yeah. Like. Yeah, you do? I, I have around 35 to 40 videos yeah. planned out, like each one. Okay, so yeah. you go home and you write it down on like a you know notepad or whatever yeah. and you, you sort of know what you're doing. See, for me, when I, I, I did my uh, Barambolo worm, uh, cra- crab ride instructional and like I, I, I sort of structured it and then I uh, went and like uh, sort of did a mock shoot with Rob and one of my students and then I realized like, holy fuck, this needs some major like reworking you know just because it wasn't uh it didn't it didn't turn out as good as i wanted it to on paper and then you know it took a few times but you know if you if you've got all your stuff sort of figured out and you you know what you're gonna do hopefully you can get it all on one day so just a question if there's anything you can advise me yeah to prepare for the video what would it be uh don't say uh (laughs) that was one thing i did it was well i've seen your videos before and you uh you are pretty good on camera. Like, I always found that I would just say, uh, 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 and then Rob's like, stop fucking saying, ah, uh, dude, you sound like an idiot. And, and don't say like. 
you know, don't say like a hundred times. Uh, one thing I will, I would say actually, I'll give you, I'll give you some advice is, is, uh, project your voice because okay. you're a pretty soft spoken dude. Okay. And Stefan will be like, just project your voice. He, he's really, uh, seasoned. And of course, Stefan Casting is a very famous, uh, internet jujitsu personality runs grapple arts, multiple apps. I have one with him. Rob Bernacki has one and a few of his students are, they have apps um, with Stefan and he's, he's a veteran. So you, he'll, he'll be able to, you know, you'll, you'll be just fine. Yeah. Um, and you've been there before already. So you know where to go and everything. Not just that there's um, so what I plan on doing for this, for this instructional, it's basically like a blueprint for outside hillock, inside hillock and some sing- single leg X things that I've taught many times at many seminars. So why I teach awesome. them is because if I want to go in depth into like a specific guard or something more detailed, there are certain things that I'd like people to know, like, you know, how to finish, yeah. how to position yourself for, like, the saddle, how to finish the outside, how to roll through. So these things, people, you know, the instructor can buy the, the, the instructional, go sharpen it up with the students. I come in for the workshop. We can dive into advanced stuff right away. Yeah, get right into the even deeper details, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's basically like, uh, it's, I'm assuming it's, it sounds pretty leg lock based. Very leg lock based. It's like your take on leg locks and, mm-hmm. and things that, you know, problems that you've seen students run into and how you basically troubleshooting them. Yeah. And now you're giving them all that information. And then hopefully, so if people have you in for seminars, if they have this instructional then you can go into even deeper layers of, of intricate details that you wouldn't normally be able to get at a seminar because people are just kind of like, oh, what's, what, you know. Some schools you go to, people don't even know what a heel hook is like, no. right? So you can't really share too much. Exactly, man. Like, uh, some sometimes, purposely, well, when I first started teaching, it was the case. I'd show way too much, and then I noticed that guys would mess up the move so bad. Yeah, and then, you know, when you start losing that patience, you'll talk less. And then guess what? They're getting it better. Yeah. They're doing it better. You tell them less. Yeah. No, it's true. You, you, sometimes as an instructor, I'm sure you found like if you're teaching, less is more. Mm-hmm. Like, I find if I teach too much, I start like uh, going down rabbit holes and then people are kind of, they lose their, you know, they lose their uh, their focus. So sometimes it's way better to just keep things simple and then they'll come across those problems on their own and then they can be like, Hey, what about this? I came across this problem. Oh, now I can give you that next piece of information because you have come across the problem organically and it's just easier for them to retain the information. Right? Mm. Cool. I find that way also it's, um, it's a good way to, to, to notice details you haven't thought of. So you might be doing things without thinking, mm-hmm. but now you're going to teach it. You're saying the details that come to your mind. Mm-hmm. And then you go and you see everybody messing up the same. Like, I'll give you an example. For the roll-through, for the outside, I notice people always end up with the guy turned away, no pressure on the heel, nothing. Yeah. So it's details that I didn't even know I was doing, mm-hmm. but it points out on your game. Yeah. So when you see the same problem five, six times per seminar, yeah, and then you do that seminar 15 times, now that detail becomes clear to you. So it yeah. makes you better. Exactly. Oh, well, yeah, exactly. It definitely will make you better. And and just, I find that that's like a, when I'm learning, like right now, I'll talk about it more in a bit, but I'm really focusing on learning worm guard right now in yeah. the key, which I know, I know you just, right now Oliver's rolling his eyes and just like, <laughs> maybe we'll stop recording. No, but uh Seriously, like I, so I bought Keenan's lapel encyclopedia. Man, it's fucking legit. Like it? it is, it's it's kind of a goofy way to to grapple, but it's totally effective. 
-hmm. And one thing I'm thinking when I'm uh, learning it, when I'm watching the videos before I've even tried a move is like, okay, what would be the most common mistakes that I would make? Like what questions would I have if I could ask Keenan right now? And I'm imagining myself in a room showing people and imagine, like I think to myself, what what are the things that people would do to make mis- uh How would they get this wrong? And those are like the common mistakes that most people will come across. Mm-hmm. And that sort of helps me like remember certain key details, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh, well, most people will, you know, the knee won't be above the other knee. So when you sweep the guy, he'll have like a frame. So mm-hmm. you can't have that, right? That's mm-hmm. a common mistake. So that's a really important detail that is now in my mind, right? Mm-hmm. So just like little things like that. Uh, what's the name? Do you have a name for your instructional? Man, I I don't know. I think I'm gonna call it uh, "Living La Vida Taza." <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So it's so it sounds like uh, you're just gonna go in and shoot and you know shoot what you've got, and then from there you're gonna make an instructional instructional out of it with Stefan and just go ahead with it. Yeah, that's gonna be the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, Stefan also like I'll get into a little personal detail. Stefan helped me a lot financially. I had a little issue with um, with finances. So, you know, I went to business with the wrong, with, with wrong people that ended up, you know, being like con artists, scammers. So that put me in a financial hole. And then Stefan, fucking legend, really? comes through, yeah. helps me out and tell me, yo, we'll shoot an instructional and then I'll cl- clear whatever problems you have with it. Yeah, he's a great guy, man. I've learned, I've learned a lot from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, just being connected with that guy uh, through somebody named Richie Yip, who actually... Uh, he owns Infighting Vancouver, and Richie sort of set me up with Stefan, and it's such a valuable resource to have to know a guy like that who, like, this guy will go down to the states, and people will be like, "I know exactly who you are," like, because Stefan, uh, for those who don't know, kind of his claim to fame is well, lately he's been doing instructionals with some really high level guys, but um, and focusing more on the conceptual approach to instructionals. But before he he catered a lot of videos to like beginners. So if you were new to jujitsu and you type in like beginner jujitsu on YouTube, he would instantly pop up. And he's uh yeah, he's pretty pretty well known. So that's that's good. I'm I'm happy that you're meeting up with him and mine is the mustache. He didn't oh, he, have he, he got rid of it? No, no, no. He didn't have it. But now he does. Now he does. Yeah, it's a power play. It's <laughs> handlebar mustache. 100%, man. I think it's very valuable to have somebody like uh, Stefan around you. Because you see, like, dealing with him as opposed to dealing with other people. And I'm not saying, like, I'm, I'm perfect by any means. On the contrary, this is why I'm, I'm bringing this up. is because you notice how he follows through and how, like, sharp he is with everything he says. Oh, for sure. Yeah. No, no, absolutely. Like you said, he follows through and the guy's such a good dude. Like Mm -hmm. he is, uh, he's super reliable and he he does what he says he's going to do. Yeah. Yeah. He's wicked, man. That's definitely the kind of people I'm, I'd like to have around me more and more, you know, because guess what? Like this will make, turn me into maybe more like him. Yeah, for sure. And he's a really good connection to have out here on the West Coast. Now this is your second time that you've been in Vancouver. So, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, you're super busy. Uh, you were you've been teaching a lot and sort of uh, you know yeah. meeting up with a lot of people and training and getting a taste of what the scene's like here. So that's awesome as well. BC man is uh, definitely one of the places that I, I never thought I'd like it that much, mm-hmm. but second time I like it even more. And definitely 2020 plan plan on having. I'd like to come like every three months. I'd like to have a oh, competition in the area, you know, somewhere on the West Coast and come and train with everybody here, man. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, I saw that super camp that you had. Where was it? Toronto? Yeah. That looked sick, man. I was super jealous. That was right after you visited last time, right? 
The week after. I saw, I saw you were, uh, were you staying with Ethan and Cam? Cam. I was like, fuck, I want to be with those guys training. <laughs> Get no, my ass kicked. Was... That's a sick room. Yeah. Man, like for that, the training is sick, but also the connections you make. So yeah. at that camp, that's where I met the uh, Rory McDonald. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's from Kelowna. He's Kelowna? Is that here? Yeah, that's here. That's uh, that's in the interior. Okay. But anyways, like this led to, you know, doing us doing a quintet. And I was just talking to him today. We're going to bring that here to BC, hopefully. Awesome. You know, yeah. like we'd love to have... Man, there's so much jiu-jitsu. People like it so much here and then it's just... Oh, I know. It's it's blowing up. Like mm-hmm. like 10 years ago when I started training, um, it, it's crazy. Like, you know, there was only a few schools and the tournaments were really like, uh, you know, not very well run. And now it's like they're, everyone's striving to be as professional as possible and mm-hmm. gyms are really stepping up and like bringing in like high level guys to do, uh, mm-hmm. to do workshops and stuff like that. So... Definitely, there is a scene in BC that's like it's exploding out of control, and I think I think the main reason why that is is because jujitsu is just so real. Like, mm-hmm. uh, it's not like a, a traditional. Well, I don't want to shit on martial traditional martial arts, but you know what I mean. Like things like Taekwondo is like falling falling on the back burner because it's it, now that the UFC's around. You're like, well, in a real fight, what if I just grab you, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas jujitsu has that longevity. I feel. Like, that's why I felt super confident opening a school is because I was just like, well, I know that this sport ain't going nowhere, you know, like it's just too legit to go anywhere. So I felt totally confident investing in something like that. And then now, as you can see, it's getting so popular locally and internationally. So you, you started your school at what belt? Uh, the day that I opened the school, I got my brown belt. Damn. Yeah. So that would have been, uh, August 1st, 2015. Yeah. Something about people opening up gyms and getting a lot better through like construction <laughs> yeah yeah no you know it's funny i don't know if you listen to the matt burn podcast with keenan and hanger do you listen to that at all i have listened to a couple of episodes it's not like our our podcast usually we break down like conceptual stuff but they basically just like shoot the shit talk about current events in jujitsu mm-hmm. and and things like that and um and yeah keenan was talking about how it's interesting how you know the, the old cliche is once you open a school you get shittier because you're surrounded by new guys and you now, you know, your level goes down because you can't focus on yourself. But uh, Keenan was mentioning that all the all the best guys in the world who have opened their schools went on to do great things and only improved like JT Torres and I, I believe Hodger Gracie and these guys like really started, uh, mm-hmm. you know, putting them, put it, well, they're already on the map, but like really accomplishing a lot of stuff after they opened schools. And, mm-hmm. I, and one of the reasons he said is because you kind of... Uh, it really puts the it puts the emphasis on yourself to be the best you can be, and mm-hmm. now it's like, well, I have I have shares in this. I have I have a, you know, my livelihood depends on this now, so I want to do the best job I can, as opposed to just an athlete who's just training for himself, right? Mm-hmm. And like you said, when you teach people, you you become a better instructor. You mm-hmm. understand jujitsu better. I find. Right? Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Brawley was telling me the same thing. He went down from uh, Brazil and was training. He when he double golded at ECC, he was training with White. White belts, blue belts. Yeah. That's insane. Mm-hmm. That's insane. And then sometimes I teach workshops at, uh, like, last night, uh, I was training at a place where the level wasn't, like, necessarily the highest. Mm-hmm. But you still get to work and figure things out and try things. And, you know, you're, you're rolling at a slower pace, but you're figuring out and trying things uh, a lot more. Yeah, you think more, mm-hmm. right? That's what I found too. And I've been really, I've mentioned on previous podcasts about how like I've been super lucky that guys have, 
uh, with already experience have come to my school. So mm -hmm. I, I wasn't just flooded with white belts like a lot of people were, but uh, I'm very fortunate for, for having like colored belts coming and training with me or whatever mostly because of my competition experience in the area there's not a lot of guys who have done as many competitions or whatever but uh yeah I, i've been i've been super lucky that way and i've noticed that uh i've probably never improved as much as since i opened my gym like as opposed to my first what would it be like seven years of training just at at an academy and not having my own academy i've definitely in the last few years made like way bigger advances mm -hmm. now than i did back then man that that going back to the camp you were saying we'll probably try to organize one here yeah, I'd love I'd love to do something like that, and and that the idea of a quintet tournament is really cool too. I've actually never I've done a few like I haven't done EBI, but I've done a few EBI style tournaments. Mm -hmm. um, I've never done like a quintet tournament, and that sounds really fun. Yeah, <laughs> team, the team aspect makes it like uh, how can you explain? It makes it less about you. Yeah. It, 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 I feel like you, you'll just take things. I'm not saying you'll you'll take it lightly, but You'll take it less serious and you'll enjoy it more. You have a team. It seems like you. it's more it's more enjoyable. And mm -hmm. uh, but you know who didn't enjoy it? Did you watch that last one? Cub Swanson fought Jake Shields. Did Oof. you see what happened to him? I saw the picture today. Didn't look good. Apparently, it's. A, I heard it was a complete ACL tear, and like all he had to do is turn. Turn, yeah, yeah, crazy. And and you know it's 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 like quintet doesn't allow heel hooks. Like the quintet tournament, I'm assuming the one that you would bring would probably allow heel hooks. The one here, yes, yeah. But that, that one, the quintet, doesn't allow heel hooks. Mm -hmm. But they allow reaping. So it's like Jake Shields puts Cub Swanson in a single leg X. He reaps over top. And instead of, you know, g turning and going with it, knowing there's no risk of heel hook, instead Cub Swanson just decides he's going to straighten his leg. And Jake just says, okay, I'm just going to like... I'm just going to clamp down on the top of your leg and his leg bent completely sideways. It's disgusting. Yeah. It's like, why don't you just turn? You know, that, that is, it's stuff like that. Where, why reaping is so frowned upon at the IBJJF love, uh, you know, in their, in their category or whatever, but it's really not dangerous if you turn with it. Right. It's certainly not that dangerous if there's no heel hooks. Cause what attacks are you really going to do from there? You know, like take the back or exactly belly down ankle lock. Maybe like it's not even really a threat, you know, not really. Man. If you're in base. So I don't know, man, maybe the, the, his competitive, uh, side or maybe his like, uh, MMA base and not wanting to concede. I don't know. I don't know how, what's his grappling like cops once and never really, I don't know either. Yeah, I wanted to ask you because you just did Nogi Worlds, and I know it wasn't the result you wanted. Mm -hmm. Did you have two matches? Two. Because shitty flow grappling, I can only see one match. <laughs> and flow grappling's done this to me once too. I did I did ADCC trials once on the uh, West Coast in the same building that you just did the Nogi Worlds, mm -hmm. and I had like this crazy helicopter armbar in the first match. It was like it was in like thirty seconds. And then I lost to Satava in the second fight by points. And then I go on flow, and I can't find that fucking finish. And it's like, they own that, but they don't have it. And the same sort of thing happened to you. Like, you knee-barred the guy I heard, right? The first match? Yeah, yeah, first match. And yeah. it's gone now. I don't know where it is. I tried to, I tried to get in touch. haven't heard back from them yet. But it's, it's okay. Honestly, like, the, the second match is the one I'm paying attention to uh, a lot more. And uh, paying attention to, obviously, technical aspects. Yeah, more like than, uh, the uh, you know the refereeing or whatever. whatever do you went on. do you care to chat about that? No, no, absolutely not, man. Yeah. So I was I was watching that match, and I believe it was against Sebastian Williams. What's his Rodriguez Williams? I think his name is. Anyway, some yeah. sounds like a Brazilian guy, but anyways, he um he, he I noticed a few times in the match 
there was like certain things that that you did like they, you did a lot of backstepping mm-hmm. um but the issue with that in the IBJJF is there's limited attacks from the saddle right mm-hmm. now i know you do you you play a combo where you'll backstep into the saddle and then you'll go back into the knee cut right mm-hmm. like you kind of throw the guy off but i saw you mostly go for like it was almost like your leg pummeling and then the refs that ref in particular i found really didn't give you much time like he literally gave you the bare minimum of like 30 seconds in the double guard pull before he stood you up and penalized you yeah. right was that something that kind of threw you off you wanted a little bit more time to leg pummel and look for that so two things first thing um mixing up between the back step and the nika is definitely something i was looking for what i should have been looking for more is uh switching from the leg i'm gonna tap for the back step in the secondary leg yeah because um that would have opened things up a bit more like an ankle lock on the secondary leg ankle lock or going single leg x passing it going back to the saddle on the other leg you know what I mean? Leaning mm-hmm. back, passing that foot across, and you have like kind of a leg drag position. Yeah. That will get things going. The second thing I really didn't like about my performance in that second match is me being a mathematician, man, and counting advantages and everything. Because when you're competing, you don't have time to be thinking about these things. Mm-hmm. So I'll tell you what happened. One of the ex-guards attempts that I had, yes. he dropped. He dropped, um, and then he stood back up. Yes. I'm 100% sure I thought I had seen him give me an advantage or give him a penalty. Anyways, for me playing the points, advantages, and counting all that, I didn't really focus on what I could have been doing technically, like passing his guard, threatening submissions. Yeah. Something I don't usually do is like sit there and play the advantages and all the penalties, and it bit me in the ass, man. So, so, so you think you thought about the scoreboard too much? Too much. See, I, I watched that match, and I think I know the instance you're talking about because you had the leg, and you came up, mm-hmm. and you actually swept the guy, but then I think you let go of his leg, and he popped back up. Mm-hmm. And you did get an advantage, I believe, but if you had just held him down for three seconds, they would have given you the two that possibly could have won you the match because you lost by two points, Yes, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was like, fuck, like, I, I just watched it today actually for the first time and I was like, fuck, that was, that was it right there. Like, that, and, and it's so close that if you miss that opportunity at that level, real good chance you're not going to get that opportunity back. No, right. No, no. Um, I find something that helped me out so much and I've talked about it in previous episodes is refereeing. So I started refereeing at local tournaments, mm-hmm. like the IBJJF model or whatever. And it really has helped me understand like when you get points, what you can do. Because there's a few times where you sort of had a single and it looked like you were going to finish, but you drove drove the guy out of bounds Mm -hmm. or the guy kind of just happened to step out of bounds and sort of that'll, that like guys win titles on that strategy where they like sort of dilly-dally around the edge and then if you get taken down outside, it's like, oh, at most it's an advantage, you know, Mm. unless they're fleeing, Mm. which that guy was like, kind of but not really fleeing you know Mm -hmm. like so so i so one thing for me is like map presence wise like if you had that single and then instead of driving him out dragged him back into the middle right Mm -hmm. so it's just like little experiences that you can pick up from uh from mistakes like i've made that mistake before Mm -hmm. uh lots of awareness (laughs) definitely jt jt was watching with mo uh, they came down to watch, but yeah. JT was cornering. He told me the same thing. He's like, should have pulled him back in. And stuff. Yeah, and yeah. Should have pulled him back in and just be a little, yeah. a little more aware of you know the yeah. mats, mat space and all that. On on a scale of one to ten, how comfortable do you think that your understanding of the IBJJF rule set is? Like, is there any gray areas at all, or do you feel like you fully understand like all the rules? Because for me, I'll be honest. Like right now, I'm sitting at like probably an eight. 
and I've studied a lot of it. And before, all up until Brown Belt, I ba- even after Brown Belt, I basically just went into tournaments and rolled. <laughs> and, like, I, I had a strategy, but, like, no real understanding of how to play the cl- uh, play the system, you know? Yeah. And only now that I've started refereeing, I can really, like, spam the system out to do what I want, you know? I hear you. My understanding of IBJJF rules, man, clearly not good enough. You know what I mean? There's definitely some gray areas with... Um... I'd say with, so IBJJF, if you are standing and he ends up in turtle, that's two for you. Sorry, say that again. So you're standing yeah. and he pulls guard? No, no. So we're wrestling. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I start, I start to get around you. You're in turtle. Yeah. Is that two? Well, how did it happen? Did he initiate a shot? I say an arm drag. You arm drag him to turtle. You arm drag him with a foot sweep and then you end up almost taking his back and he's in turtle. Uh, that would be, well, if he's got, if he's got three points of contact on the mat, I believe it counts as a takedown, but if he posts up on four, like on hands and feet and you go to the back, I think it's an advantage. Okay. He has to be down on his knees, I believe to get, to, to count it as a takedown. Okay. There was a time, God, I hope I'm not, <laughs> if there's anyone out there is listening and I'm wrong, they're gonna be like, what the fuck? You said you knew that shit. Uh, there was one instance I saw where you were on the bottom and the guy kind of like fell back into guard, but you were on your knees when you came up. So I don't know if you were expecting a two, but if you come up from your knees, they don't count it as a sweep. No. And I was watching and I was like, oh, maybe that's why there wasn't like a sweep there is because it didn't initiate from you on your butt. You know what I mean? Like, like if you're, if if you're on your knees and you, and you manage to take some guy down, like Nikki Rod style, it doesn't score. Because it's not, it does, it's not considered a guard or a takedown. Mm-hmm. It has to be standing to be considered a takedown, or it has to be you have to be like seated or in some form of guard, right? Mm-hmm. So there's like there's so many gray areas that can happen in IBJJF that like mm-hmm. you really, I find that it's the person who understands the rules better that has like the best chance to win. Yeah. Right. And it's like like you said, like a lot of it is not really about fighting. It's about just playing the system, playing the points to the best. Just like any, you know any like football game, any basketball game, like you're going to use your timeouts at the right time. You have to strategize in such a way that it, it works out to your favor. You can't just go in there and bang. I have, I have a buddy who, uh, who, who went down for Brown belt and he, he was, he came in and rolled with me like a week before the tournament and I was doing really well with him. And, and, uh, you know, just like he was going for like rolling Kimuras and just ending up on the bottom. I'm like, dude, you got worlds in a week. Like, what are you doing going for rolling Kimuras and letting me come up? Or, or he would grab my foot and sit down for an ankle lock and I'd just come up and I'm like, and I right there, I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Like, this is not a good strategy, you know? And then after he, he actually, uh, flying triangle the dude. And then the next match he lost on points, I believe. And then, and then he messaged me. He's like, man, you were right. Like, fuck, that wasn't the right strategy for that. Like, you know, nobody cares if you were exciting. That's the thing, right? Like, like unless you're Gary Tonin and you're pulling this crazy shit off at the highest levels, like no one cares if you're exciting. Mm-hmm. They care about what, when the time runs out, who's ahead on the scoreboard, yeah. right? And that's just like the, the unfortunate truth about the point system, which mm-hmm. I still think is really good, but I see why people prefer like sub only style as well. For sure, man. I think uh, different rule sets will uh, will will um, encourage different skills. You know what I mean? Like uh, like you mentioned, the IBJJF. If you fall back on a even if it's legit submission and he comes up on top, you at most you get an advantage. If you compare it to like ADCC, you fall back on a good ankle lock, guy defense, 
of it, he comes up, it's not a two. Yeah. Because you initiated the action. Yeah. There's definitely some things about ADCC that I like way more. Mm. Like, you don't need to be in a guard to score. Like, if you're just in bottom position and you get on top, no matter, like, even if it's side control or mount, like, you still get your score. Yeah. Um, and the lack of advantages I also really like in ADCC. But it definitely, ADCC definitely favors, like, uh, a grappler who understands wrestling and has takedowns as opposed to IBJJF. You can literally win world titles without doing a single takedown, right? Exactly. And then, so if you're doing specific uh, specific training for IBJJF, let's say, you can be working things like guard pulls. Yeah. You know, like slapping hands, first guy to score, uh, guard pulls allowed. As opposed to, like, let's say we were talking off air about EBI. Yeah. You know, you're working your back escape back attack, armbar, defense, armbar attack. So depending on the competition, you're developing different skills more than others. You know what I mean? And depends on, you know, what you want. Certain things you'll work are maybe a little more useful than others. Yeah. I don't know, man. What do you think? Yeah, well, <clears throat> oh, for sure. Like something like ADCC, if your plan is to pull guard, I mean probably not going to be too successful because these guys are going for takedowns and they're expecting to to get into crazy wrestling matches right so like that last adcc i loved watching uh canuto and and gary that match was just fucking sick (laughs) it's insane like i'm watching them fly around i'm like how are they not just like getting injured well they probably did get injured a little bit but like Mm. some of those exchanges are just nuts like you you train with gary quite frequently right Every time I go, I try to get at least one round per session with him. But I imagine he doesn't train like that, eh? Like, that's competition, Gary, and that's a little bit different from how he acts in the training room. Man, training with Gary is, um, it's it's not very, like, when you finish the round with him, you'll feel like you got a lot done in one round. You got a lot done because there's not a lot of resistance. Goes There's a lot of flowing he flows, yeah. at a high pace, and it's very technical. Yeah, and then it's constant attack counter baits. So you feel at the end of the round, I got a lot done. I worked on a lot of things. I worked a lot of counters. A lot of, worked a lot of defense. You know, I worked on. You know, your brain is fired up at the end. You know, as opposed to if you're rolling with somebody who's just trying one pass on you the whole round, and you're defending that one pass and you don't want to give him anything. Yeah, you could. It's get, like a competition style role. Yeah, you'll feel like you got more tired, but you didn't get as much accomplished. Yeah. Now, Gary, Gary's even said publicly that, like, he gets submitted a lot in, in each round. He, he's not afraid to tap. And no. that probably explains why he's so comfortable in such bad positions is because he puts himself in these mm, bad positions, right, to, in order to gain. Did you watch him fight Davi Ramos? Yeah, man. That fight was nuts. Yeah. I'm watching him, and I, I know how sick Davi is, right? Like, mm-hmm. like he 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 probably surpri- he surprised Lucas Lepre a few years ago at ADCC, right? Yeah. Like, if he didn't get that armbar, who knows how that match would have gone? Lepre is like really sick, but he arm flying armbars Lepre while Lepre's seated seated and wins wins the title uh, that day. But like Gary. He made he exhausted him, and he made him like his Gary's wrestling. He was just shooting in for high crotches at will and singles, like from guard. get from yeah from guard and getting wherever he needed to go and finished on his back, basically with a full choke in and arm uh, body triangle, and then the time runs out, yeah. which is kind of bittersweet. But he, you know, it was so one sided. Like mm. Davi had nothing for him. It's that pressure from bottom. <clears throat> He was putting pressure from bottom and also pressure from wrestling, you know, uh, fainting, pushing, pulling, snapping, you know, just moving him the whole time. 
That is a big guy, man. After a couple of minutes, you he's could... huge. He, he was way bigger than Gary that that yeah, fight. Yeah, he'll fatigue them. Same thing with Paul Paul uh, Gary yeah. did similar strategy: move a lot, yeah. just attack high, a lot of volume. Yeah. And then see, that's that's how he trains, man. He trains. There's yeah. a lot of volume. There's a lot of movement. It's very, uh, it's very friendly. Very friendly way yeah. of rolling. He'll not rip on anything. And, yeah. Um, that match is probably my favorite match of all time. Yeah, dude. It's such a sick you match. You can watch it a million times. You'll never get bored. Like, if I have friends that don't know what jiu-jitsu looks like, I'll be like, okay, this is the match for you to watch. Like, yeah. watch this match. This yeah. will make you like jiu-jitsu. Yeah, yeah. or show them, uh, like, a rooster, rooster weight finals, IBJJF World's Gi, and then they'll, they'll be double guard. Uh... <laughs> yeah, they'll just sit there. Unless it's Musumeki, who somehow, like gets these ankle locks in eight seconds and stuff. Have you ever trained with that guy? No. Mikey? I know I Gord, Gordon just trained with him, right? And he said he was insanely good. In the gi, I believe he's, I mean, he, what, he won Worlds, what, like three, three years in a row, two years in a row now? Uh, I thought it was more than that. I thought it was three or four. And the guy's only like, 21 22 something like that when he goes to school uh yeah full-time student like clearly he's very smart and um mikey misameki also has like a very interesting body type mm -hmm. like he's got a long torso as to my understanding but really short limbs like he's he's always in that weird squat position yeah. <laughs> that he just sort of like chills in i just refer to that as the uh the Chinese guy smoking on a break position, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. they're squatting and smoking. But uh, yeah, no, he's he's a freak, right? And he's mm -hmm. got he's got these like nutty ankle locks that he's doing. So yeah, I don't yeah. know. You don't you don't see him in no gi too much though. Like he's pretty much exclusively a gi guy from what I've seen. You're seeing more and more people like that, man. You see uh, specialists. Nicholas Marigali. <clears throat> I've never seen him. There's Levi. Never seen him in the gi. Have you seen no Levi gi. in no gi? Never. No. Gordon, I've, I mean, I haven't seen him in the, he's done gi, yeah. but in a long time I haven't seen him. Yeah. We're seeing more and more guys like maybe specialized. I'm not saying yeah. the majority, but we're yeah. seeing more guys. So like, what do you, what do you think of these, uh, especially with the Danaher guys, like Gordon's a big example, but guys that are now doing, um, like grap, uh, wrestling versus grappling style matches and things like that. Like I think Pat Downey and Gordon are going to do, uh, it's actually yeah. two matches, isn't it? Is that how it works? Or is two rounds? Like one round is grappling, the other round is like a modified wrestling rule? Yeah, I watched Bo, Bo versus Gordon. I felt bad for Bo a bit, man. Cause like... Well, yeah. I mean, it was... Except for when he fucking suplexed Gordon. I felt good. I, part of me was happy to see Gordon getting suplexed, man. It was a smart strategy because like Gordon's not allowed to pull guard. Yeah. But Kenny Basami is like... It's just enough that it's a takedown, but it's also, like, something that a wrestler won't be used to. And he's just baiting the single and then did a canny Basami. And that's how Gordon scored on him, right? I think Gordon scored on him with that. He didn't finish the takedown, but he got pretty close. Right. And then he got suplexed. But didn't he tie up the... I can't remember. The, I thought it was 2-2. Two -two. I'm not too sure, man. Yeah, I don't know. But then he, he did... He, that's how he actually... Uh, that's how he got to the ground, I believe. Like, he, he took the hit for pulling guard, I guess, but then he knew that he would be able to triangle. The rule set, in my opinion, should be uh, should be different. This should be something that, uh, you know, like, it gives the wrestler a bit more of an, an advantage and, like, incentive to, to take down. Like, if I am Bo, I'd be doing the same thing. Why would I want to take this guy down? Once he goes down, he's going to show him out. <laughs> That's all you can do. Yeah, right? I mean, it should be like, okay, you take him down maybe within the... You got to hold him for three seconds. Gordon has three seconds to, you know, get some kind of entanglement going, upper body, lower body, whatever it is, and then stand them back up when, when, it, when it completely separates. 
Yeah. Because otherwise, like, for Bo, I mean, what, uh, well, I'm going to take a guy down who's going to choke me? No. Do, what, do, do you think that they're making these matches because they want there to be, like, more wrestlers that are have, that have eyes on jiu-jitsu and vice versa? More jiu-jitsu guys that get introduced to these high-level wrestlers? Or, like... Because I'm I, when when I first heard these matches, I'm like, well, I know why Gordon's doing. I'm assuming he's getting paid a little bit, right? And then and but but like really, what's the point of doing this? Like you're not seeing a high the highest level jujitsu guy go against the highest level jujitsu guy. You're you're seeing the best wrestler versus the best jujitsu guy. But there's the like you say, the rules kind of favor the jujitsu guy more. Lot you know, more, yeah. like it's really hard to make it even. Right, it's hard to make it even. I think exposure is good. It gives uh, it gives wrestling a bit more exposure. I mean, maybe money, maybe is good. Uh, I think Gordon's going up against Gaudio, uh, and to be honest, I'm looking forward to seeing that match a lot more than if he's going against Downey. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, we saw Nick Rod go up against uh, Bad Bad Downey, and it was ten zero. Yeah. After like three minutes. Yeah. It's levels, you know, levels to to wrestling, levels to jujitsu, and then uh, people like to see the top guys in their own sports going up against each other. Is there a benefit to mixing up sports? It's good, but the rule set's going to be like, guys going to have to negotiate the rule set. Yeah. And pick it. Um, like, obviously, if a wrestler goes against a guy like Gordon, or even like you, and there's leg locks involved, it's kind of like, yeah. it's kind of a mismatch, right? Because yeah. if you don't know leg locks at all, you're going to get caught. Mm. Like, I get caught with leg locks, and I, I somewhat understand them, but like a wrestler has no idea what it's like when someone grabs your leg and tries to... Tries to finish. Not at all. He's not training for that. He's got the Olympics coming up. You know, next year, he's got trials coming up. He's got, he's not going to go out of his way and and do a, um, and do a session and work on his guard passing and work on his butterfly sweeps. So, I don't know what, it's interesting, man. It's, it's good to try. I mean, any idea you have, you got to try it. You got to play around with it, see it and, you know, see how people, how people react to it. Because if you don't try it and it's a good idea, you'll never know. Mm -hmm. If it's a bad one, you'll know. Yeah, and then you kind of try to take people's uh, what's it called feedback, be open minded, and see. I know they're adjusting the rule set a bit for next one, so hopefully it's uh, it's going to be a little more even. Nice and make it less of a freaking uh, feeding uh, what's his name a wrestler to the sharks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what I mean, because uh, I don't know, man. I I, I kind of felt bad for Bo. Yeah, well, I think I think anytime anyone goes against Gordon, it's like you're literally going against like the best nogi guy in the world yeah. so it's like <laughs> you know it's not like it's like some some b-level guy mm-hmm. it's like the wayne gretzky of jiu-jitsu so it's, it's kind of always going to be a mismatch um but it's interesting to watch i think it's crowd pleasing you know and like seeing a guy like gordon get suplexed <laughs> was kind of crowd pleasing <laughs> yeah there's these but i like the direction uh the other direction sports taking steam events i think yeah i think that's gonna that's the thing that should people should be doing more often Mm-hmm. Instead of mixing sports, is do team events, man. Mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to competing myself on it mm-hmm. in February and seeing how is it as as exciting as it as it is or as it looks. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's a good uh, that's a good direction to take. Yeah, you've never done a team event, right? No, I've watched uh, like uh, what's the name, Tenth Planet versus Polaris. Yeah, how epic was that? You know. All yeah. That. No, it, it's fun, man. I I I also like the idea of a team. A team event is pre- pretty sweet. And it's it's basically like an absolute event almost because you could get, yeah. depending on the draw, you could be going against the biggest guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then also what you can do at your gym, you could be doing trials for that. Yeah. So it's like a story. There's like a storyline behind it. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah, I mean? no, that's awesome. 
I uh, hope it comes here and we're gonna try to bring it, yeah. we're gonna try to bring it down. And uh, not only that, we're getting some good sponsors to back it up. Some you know good platforms to give it exposure. Mm-hmm. Trying to get some good super fights. Trying to get Craig on the one in February. Mm-hmm. You gotta message him about it. Craig Jones. Yeah, Craig Jones coming to Canada to compete. It's like he doesn't do it. So yeah. Imagine if we can. Here, can I be on his team? <laughs> I don't want to fight him. Yeah, I really don't want to be against Craig. Yeah. But uh, no, that would be an honor to just get my ass kicked. I'll try and just stall him out and just That's not get fucked up. You can survive, and yeah. while that would be a win. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the rules are cool. They don't allow heel hooks in the actual quintet, but I mean, I'm sure we can mix things up for sure. Mm. So you're good. Yeah, in in Ontario, we're not allowed because for some reason, man, the organization. I don't know how it works, but they don't allow it. Yeah, they don't. Isn't it just like they see it as like uh, too violent of a combat sport? Is that what it is? Or in Ontario? Yeah, I mean jujitsu is legal. But there's like Ontario Jiu-Jitsu Asso- Association, then there's Ontario Grappling Association. It's like who Weird. came up with these two things? Yeah, I don't know. Who came up with these? Who decided? All right, we are uh, you and I now. We're going to open the BC Jiu-Jitsu Association. We're going to come up with our own rules. How yeah. did that come up? Yeah, I don't know. Is it legally binding? What do you mean by binding? Well, like, do they have laws that the government enforces? Like, you're not allowed to have, like, let's say, tournament with heel hooks and stuff like that legally? Yeah, but how did the person in the government be like, yeah, heel hooks in particular are not good? Yeah, well, I I, I can see that because they probably talked to, like, IBJJF or something. And IBJJF said, yeah, that's the most dangerous move. Joe Rogan says that, you know, you don't feel anything and then your leg explodes, all that shit. Yeah, or the person (laughs) running that's trying to, I don't know, trying to, like, push a certain brand. And, you know, it's just, I feel like it's okay, man. Like, there are things you can do other than, than heel hooks. But, you know, why not teach people heel hooks instead of just avoiding them? Yeah, you know what I mean. Why not teach? Well, them? exactly, right. And I and I think now that like there's there's real some really quality instructionals on leg locks and stuff coming up. Like five years ago, there there was almost nothing, and then all of a sudden there's this explosion of of leg lock instructionals. There's the Danaher one. There's my professor Robs. There's Craig Jones. He's got a few. You're working on one. Like tons of different stuff is out, the material is out there now. Yeah. So people know sort of the concepts and stuff. But, like, I remember right when Gary was sort of becoming very popular and he was hitting people with all these leg locks. We're like, what the fuck is he doing? Like, I have no idea what he's what he's even doing, right? Cheating. Cheating, yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's what Helio thinks, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm sure they were working on, on, on heel hooks before. I'm, I've, I've seen a video in black and white of Helio hitting a heel hook, man, and outside. Yeah. I think they used to be allowed in IBJJF, actually, in the, in the gi back in the day. Like, it was legal. But nowadays, it's like... I don't know. I don't know when that when they became illegal or how that happened. That'd be interesting to to learn about. Probably some gringo went down to Brazil and leg locked everybody. Probably it's Dean Lester's Dean. fault. <laughs> Dean. Dean. Yeah. I wanted to ask you uh, because you're a very seasoned competitor and you just competed. Do you get like uh, nervous? Do you get adrenaline dumps and things like that during the match? And like how how do you cope with something like that? Because you look pretty calm out there. Pretty right? relaxed, honestly. Yeah, I think it. You know, usually you get super nervous before, you know, and then you have the adrenaline dump after. That's normal for everybody. Yeah. The more you're going to compete, you probably agree with me, the less it's going to happen. Yeah. I think... Or, or just the more you can manage it, I find. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The more you can manage it and kind of channel that, that energy in a different way. Um, now, the one thing that I feel like, no matter how much you compete, you always... The place where it's always going to keep improving is during the match. It's being able to think and rationalize during the match mm-hmm. you know what i mean like 
making decisions mid midway through the match. Yeah, it's but, it's very easy after when you watch a match, like fuck, I know this thing. Why did I not do it? I know well, it's true. Why did I not pull this move off? Why did I do that? Why did I sit on my ass and count till thirty? Till, you know what I mean? Yeah. So these things, I feel like the more you compete and then competing regularly, also you'll these things will will come naturally. You know what I mean? They'll become more and more uh, second nature, less and less. Uh, Listen, let's, oh, why didn't I not do this? And we're like, oh, damn, I did this. That's good. I didn't, I, yeah. know, I wasn't really thinking about it, but it worked out. Like I find, I find when I'm driving to the tournament the day of, that's when I feel like real nervous and I'm like, okay, I know I've been here before, but still like I got those butterflies and you you know, then you, then it's time to get changed and you're warming up and you got to do like a hundred pisses <laughs> and you're fucking warming up and you're like, okay, I'm going to do this again. Then by the time I step on the mat, usually I feel the most calm once the match has started because my brain is preoccupied in decision-making as mm-hmm. opposed to like uh, thinking about like, oh, what could go wrong and, you know, what what do I have to do and who am I fighting and all this stuff. Do you do you check like, uh, well, you, you probably know who you're fighting most of the time, but like Nogi Worlds, did you look up the bracket first and sort of see who your first fight was or do you study that opponent? I, uh, what I did, to be honest, the week before is I looked at the uh, people that are registered. Who's yeah. registered? Who do I know? Who do I not know? Mm-hmm. You know, doing your homework a bit. Yeah. You don't want to like just say, oh yeah, whatever. I don't want to, you know, man, somebody, if you know somebody, you know, you kind of know their games. It's good. You can, you can kind of have an idea of what to expect. So yeah, definitely, man. When, uh, when there was ADCC coming up, I looked well, at... Well, yeah, you have to know that bracket. <laughs> I, I looked at the list and I'm like, okay, I know what to expect from this guy. I have an idea of what to expect from that guy here, yeah. that guy there. So I think it's, it's useful. It's useful, mm-hmm. and it, you can do it, you can not do it. But if you do it, obviously, um, try to try to take advantage of it and then use it properly instead of being like, "Oh fuck, I hope I don't get this guy." Instead of thinking that way, like, "All right, his game is X Y Z. Here's yeah. what I can do to you know play around with it. Here's what kind of strategy I'd like to, yeah. to incorporate. You know, things that can help can can uh, be good, bad." So yeah, I'll definitely check and look. But basically, like predictable reactions and yeah, things like that. But I will not spend like my whole day looking at the whole bracket and who's against who and what he does and go YouTube him and whatnot. Yeah. You know, just the bit. There's a, there, there could be a degree of over-obsessing that could possibly take you out of your element. Yeah, if you push it in too much in one direction, it's like overtraining before a competition. It's very yeah. easy, you know. You get hurt, boom. Or yeah. you didn't train enough, now you're gassing out. So it's, you got to find that sweet spot, that balance that works for you. Did you go and hurt? Um, the, are you ever 100% at a competition? Never. No, 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 never. But I had a little issue with, I don't know if one told you, I had like a little problem. Shoulder with, issue? Yeah, shoulder. You it's, mentioned. Yeah, it's, it's getting better, but whatever, man. It didn't it didn't stop me from yeah from competing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It didn't really affect me during the match. You don't really yeah. feel much yeah. when you're competing. Um, who do you think, just changing topics completely, who do you think has the best chance of beating Gordon right now and how? I have my opinion. Man, uh, under what rule set? That's another good question. Uh, fuck it. Let's say IBJJF. IBJJF, man, uh, Gajo came very close. I don't see... I think Kainan is the big... And Kainan. Yeah. I was going to say Kainan. Yeah. I was going to say Kainan, too. Uh, if you tell me ADCC, man, we can put a wrestler in there. Yeah. Wrestler. Give him a bit of jits. 
<laughs> yeah. Teach Pat Downey uh, some leg locks. Get him on the bomba <laughs> for a couple of months. Get him some good GH therapy, and he's good to go, man. Yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, uh, I I'd love to see Gordon in the gi. I know it's probably never gonna happen, but I fight, I would I die to see that guy fight in the gi. ADCC rule said there's Galvao too. That'd be interesting. Yeah, that'll be a good match too. Good Fuck, uh, man, Galvao in that last match, I've never seen him look so juiced. <laughs> he looks so big, dude. You get bigger just looking at him. <laughs> yeah, like that guy was huge going into that match, and I was actually pretty shocked at how he handled Pena like that. I was that surprised me actually quite a bit. Yeah, but, the pace, the pace he put up. I watched yeah. his match the day after I competed on the event. Yeah, and then um, you you kind of feel like after X amount of time, you start to fatigue or. Um, you start to pick your, your your shots. You know you you kind of understand why some of the guys sometimes they they they're more conservative and they're playing patty cakes and they're waiting. You understand because you were in there like just a couple of hours ago. Mm-hmm. But Galvao, when I watched the amount of output, the mm-hmm. amount of you know pushing, snapping, even just the snap will take out of you when you're competing. Yeah, you know what I mean. Oh, for sure. Well, one thing I was, I noticed about watching ADC is. ADCC is I'm like this isn't your average grappling tournament in terms of like obviously the the competitors are the best in the world but like the aggressiveness and the physicality of it is a lot like fighting it's not like a it's not like your average jiu-jitsu tournament where it's you know it's like uh people are super sportsman like and it's fair play it's like I'm gonna collar tie the shit out of you Mm -hmm. I'm gonna try and get in your head Mm -hmm. and I'm gonna try and fucking hit you almost I was like Mm -hmm. man that's a tough tournament like it 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 looked so different from say like an IBJJF Nogi Worlds you Mm -hmm. know just just the amount of collar tying and snap downs and stuff less restrictions with the rules too you know what I mean it opens up the game it opens up the game to many different styles yeah I mean it's 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 highly known as the Olympics of grappling right so Mm -hmm. you're gonna be doing trials Am I going to be doing trials? Uh, yeah, next year for yeah, sure. I'm, my goal is to, I want to do Vegas. I want to do all three tournaments in Vegas like I did this year. I want to do the trials and I want to do Nogi Worlds in December next year. So Nogi Worlds next year? Yeah. Okay. And uh, Vegas. What is in Vegas? So there's the Masters Worlds, but they also have Vegas Open Gi and Nogi Sick. at adult. So. You like Vegas, huh? I actually hate Vegas. My man wants to go and gamble or what? <laughs> no, I fucking hate Vegas. But I like I like the idea of competing three days in a row. And I'm trying to get more people from the club to go down and do the trip. So How nice is it to have your team when you compete? With me? Oh, it's awesome. Like last time I had a bunch of guys there and Rob was there. And uh, yeah, no, it's it's like, like you said, the quintet is kind of like having a, a team with you, right? Mm-hmm. And and it's just, yeah, it's it's way better than going out on your own. I think I think going out out there without a coach or whatever is way different for me. I don't know. What do you think? Dude, I, I really enjoyed Nogi. We uh, just the last week, we had a lot of guys from the team come. Usually from Montreal, we'd be like two, three. We had like a whole crew, like 10, 15. Yeah, guys. that's awesome, right? Like it's a, it's a... Aside from the jiu-jitsu part and the competition part, like, you really do make some awesome friendships when you go travel with people and do jiu-jitsu, so... Exactly. Uh, yeah, no, I, I I can't wait to do it. Are you going to do Vegas? Does that interest you at all? Vegas. It would be, like, Nogi Vegas Open. It's really not super prestigious if you no think way. about it. But Masters Worlds is the same week, so I'm going to do that. Oh. Because I'm old and I like to worm guard people. Hey, <laughs> um, when is that? I think it's like August or something. Usually, it's in the summertime. Oh, I think okay. I'm not sure. Some time, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll have to see what's around in that time. You know what I mean? Uh, depending on what comes up, maybe there's like a Polaris or there's uh, some big comp coming up, like Kasai or yeah, some yeah. big show, big promotion. Try to get on it for sure. But hey, man, listen. If it's if there's nothing else, I'll come meet you in Vegas. We'll we'll come back here in BC get some training. After. Fuck yeah. 
could be some good uh, good timing. So I mean, we're running out of time here, unfortunately. Um, what is like right now in jujitsu? What are you currently working on? Like not like projects and stuff, but I mean like your day to day learning. Like, have you learned any? positions or guards or any what is there anything new that's kind of blown your mind in the last year where you're like oh this is kind of cool i like playing with this or um there's what's it called definitely been learning a lot on pressure passing applying it working on it try to try to apply it in competition um now that i tried too hard one kind of passing yes could have switched it up and went to loose but that's definitely the one thing I'm working on right now. Pressure passing uh, with the near side underhook, without the near side underhook. Yeah. Uh, working on, you know, passing half butterfly with pressure passing and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's definitely one thing that I've been uh, working on a lot. It's been having success and I try to try to use it against different styles. Like I was just at, what's it called, uh, 10P. 10p not too far from here yeah and Ten uh, plant, titan coquitlam yeah. yeah titan and you notice like okay the, against a certain style it works very well against a different style you might run into different problems mm-hmm. so i'm playing around with it i'm experimenting with different body types with different styles yeah and that's what i'm playing around with man that's yeah. definitely now that my next comp is also submission only i'm taking more risks on top you know yeah going for this going for that doesn't matter if you do a rolling kimura and end up on the bottom or not at all you drop back for a leg lock <laughs> not at all man not at all so i'm enjoying that definitely but i'll definitely keep uh, keep working on all the uh all the body lock stuff and uh and try to keep try to keep the uh the main main goal in mind, you know, which is ADCC. Yeah. Try to try to keep working on that and wrestling too. Been wrestling a lot, lot, lot since last time I came down. Did so much wrestling. Yeah, that's what that's something that I really want to focus on for next year. Is <laughs> honest, uh, oddly enough, two ends of the spectrum. On one end, I, I know yeah, I want to really focus on wrestling, and in my in my gi game, I want to focus on worm guard. <laughs> two oh, different. They, what do you mean? The, different things. They, they go hand in hand. Man. <laughs> they go hand in hand. Actually, a lot of the lapel stuff ends with uh coming up on a single and stuff like that it's really effective with the lapel but yeah, i'm getting a lot i'm getting a lot out of that lapel encyclopedia right now so thank you keenan for that make sure i roll with you with the game <laughs> yeah man put one on I, i'd love i'd love to have you in the gi it'd be fun listen some of my teammates will be competing in the gi because uh, it's gi season so i think i think in the new year at least one session a week in the gi Cool. At least, at least, at least. Yeah. Am awesome. I going to pack a gi and travel? Hell no. Because <laughs> it takes up uh, half the bag. <laughs> it really does. My little carry-on, it takes, I have a yeah. small carry-on and I just roll things and just jam them in. And yeah. when you travel, like, guy will give you a shirt, guy will give you yeah. a hoodie, a souvenir from the gym. Yeah. Try to leave some space for that. Yeah. But, man, you put a gi, yeah. get it. There's no room for souvenirs, man. Yeah. Family's not going to be happy on Christmas. Yeah. Sorry, I have to do gi. <laughs> so, uh, w- while we're almost out of time here, what what is on the horizon for you in the next year? What you, what's some of your goals? What do you want to accomplish? Some of the goals, <clears throat> personal goals, definitely get back into competition mode a bit more. I uh, competed twice this year, ADCC and Nogi World. That's two in 12 months. Obviously, there was the rehab, and then I only got healthy around you know, August, mid-August, September to compete. Uh, the next year, personally speaking, I definitely want to get in a lot more. Okay, get back into it. Get in that rhythm. You know, put my game on the line. Take a bit more risks. Compete. Try to get some... Try to take down some bigger names. Um, second half of the year, my trials are starting again. So it's going to come by very fast. Mm-hmm. Personally speaking, 
that's the goal. Uh, in terms of you know things that have been going on in Montreal, there's you know the studio where I teach. There's is the that Mizu? Mizu? Mizu. Mizu. There's Mizu. There's uh, definitely the podcast. There's competition. Try to get some. Try to get some big names to come to Canada and make guys like you fucking give some exposure. You know, I believe awesome. you can do uh, very good against uh, very good guys. So one way to prove that is to fucking crush them. You yeah. know what I mean? So that's another thing I really want to get involved in. You know, try to bring some big names to the scene and have local guys crush them. Cool. Uh, and if it doesn't happen now, you know, the more you expose people to that level, the closer you will get to it. Um, so there's that. And then last but not least, man, try to stay alive, man. Try to stay <laughs> healthy. Try to stay injury-free. Yeah, that's always for a professional athlete. Yeah, especially someone who fights for a living. That's always like every class that I teach, and I'm healthy at the end, mopping the mats. I'm like, thank God. Yeah, thank God yeah. I got through another one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> getting yeah. old. There's always going to be little little bruises and everything. Yeah, but, you know, it's, it's you're in combat sports, man. Yeah, you have to expect these things to happen. Totally. Yeah, it, it's yeah. it's to be expected. We chose this life, right? Hundred so. percent. Yeah. Um, you got time for a few rapid fire questions? Rapid fire. Let's do it. Okay, so these are meant to be short. One word answers. Let's do it. Okay. Okay. Uh, what's your favorite alcohol? Man, I uh, whiskey. Do you have any allergies? Ghee. <laughs> oh, yeah. I asked you this last <laughs> time. Do you play any musical instruments? <laughs> Flute. Really? Yeah, but I haven't played in a long time. I, I do want to learn one, though. I, feel, I hear like it's good for your brain. Yeah. Can you do a backflip? No. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither. Me neither. Uh, have you ever been in a street fight? Zero. Do you game? What do you mean by game? Like uh, Xbox, PS4, or something like that. Negative. All right. Favorite musician? Favorite musician? Biggie. Oh. Old school hip hop for life. Yeah. Boha. Believe in <laughs> Boha. I think, I don't know if I asked you last time, you believe in God? Uh, I believe in something, but uh, maybe not everything that's written in uh, Bible, Quran, whatever the yeah. case may be. What about aliens? Man, I don't know. Um, <laughs> if, if, if I listen to George long enough, maybe. But <laughs> I, uh, dude, there's a story about George, man. I'll tell you. I know. Oh, I've, I've heard some stuff. Yeah, he puts. So if he goes to when he goes to sleep because he's he's paranoid about aliens abducting him. Oh, he'll put a foam roller at the door. So if somebody opens the door, it stops him, it. No, the formula will move. So when he oh. wakes up, he'll be like, "Oh, somebody opened the door." <laughs> I use you the formula. Uh, you don't think they thought of that shit? All right. Maybe. So, so that's funny you bring up George because the next question was, "Do you believe in dinosaurs?" <sighs> I believe they were around, but not anymore. Yeah. Did we go to the moon? Yeah. Do you watch sports like outside of combat sports? Yes. What's your favorite? Uh, football. Soccer. Football or soccer? You mean uh, soccer? Well, soccer, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Trump, yes or no? Uh, man. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, no. I hesitated. What would your last meal be? Sushi from BC. <clears throat> Do you find that we have good sushi here? Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. It's like decent price. Yeah. It's not like that yeah. expensive. Would young Helio be successful in today's competition at black belt level? A young Helio. Young Helio, man, if he was smart enough to come up with jiu-jitsu, I'm sure he's smart enough to adapt to the game nowadays, so definitely, yes. Should they ban guard jumps in IBJJF? Uh, Yes. 
<clears throat> Should Kanye Basami be allowed in IBJJF? No. I think, I think like a rolling... I, I, like a victor roll is okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Victor yeah. roll is okay, but at black belt level, you can allow it. Um, I think so, too. I think at black belt, everything should be allowed. Personally. Be allowed. Just stay low, man. Like, you saw, like, the match Edwin versus Gary. Oh, so Edwin could have avoided it. Just level change. You're rolling against yeah. Gary. The, literally, the, the crazy monkey that jumps everywhere. Yeah. Head level. Hands <laughs> well, as soon as he tied up... He was already. He had already got started going for it. Right? Like he let him get a, an overhook on him. Yeah, but Edwin was going for the triangle, so it was a matter of who was going to fire it first. Yeah, Edwin was going to go for the triangle. Gary just just was like that fraction of a second. It was kind of uh, beautifully ironic that a guy like Edwin Najmi, who got, is so famous for his flying finishes, gets finished with a flying attack by by Gary. Yeah, it was, that was insane. The venue was it was so loud when that yeah. happened. It was insanely loud. I, I was literally intimidated. Dude, Gary's so sick. I love him. Savage. Um, almost done here. Uh, <clears throat> will you ever look to focus in the gi? Like compete in the gi, make that a, a, a strong focus. Or you're a, you're a no gi guy through and through. Uh, after I win ADCC, why not? Gracie self defense, legit or corny? Needs a bit of adjustment. What is your biggest accomplishment? Man, not being dead, I think. Would be... <laughs> biggest accomplishment? Not being man. dead. That's pretty good. Man, biggest accomplishment. Fuck. Yeah. That's a great question, man. I don't know, man. I think... Like, just... You know... I mean, you've won Nogi Worlds. I have. Oh, like, credentially? Well, credential just in speaking? your life. No, it doesn't have to be. Oh, man. I don't know, man. Like, uh, I think the biggest accomplishment is the amount of, like, setbacks I've had in so many different things is just to keep... Coming back. Coming back. That's yeah. awesome. I think that's, that's the one. Like, I, I don't know what impression people have uh, of me or what image I, I portray, but... Like like I said yesterday to one of my buddies, there's a lot more failures that happen to me yeah. than good things. Yeah. And the thing big solution is just keep trying, keep looking for, for, for a way, That's you know? Really good advice. Okay, one more question. Yeah. What do you want to be remembered for? Inverted heel hooks. Shit. Nice. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Ideally at ADCC in the finals. Ideally, man. Yeah. Awesome. Nice inverted, yeah. Well, that's been fun. I mean, uh, do you have any shout outs or anything you want to talk shout about? Shout out to you, me? man. Thanks for having me. Oh, man. It's my pleasure. Once again, I'm looking forward to, to training and uh, looking forward to fucking blowing it up and, and putting the, the scene here on the map more yeah. than what it... There's, there's a potential for it to be as big as like... South Carolina, uh, South uh, South California, mm. and uh, like a city like New York, I believe really like BC has the potential to be one awesome. of the, one of the biggest places in jiu-jitsu. Yeah, well, we all thank you here from BC and really appreciate. It. What about sponsors? You want to throw shout out some sponsors? Scramble for sure. Scramble Canada, Kimura Soap, Physiomentum, Roll Forever, Fight Game Series. I'm forgetting somebody for sure. Uh, that's about it, man. That's awesome. It. If I forget anybody. The death threats <laughs> yeah. for sure all right well uh yeah i hope you guys really appreciated this chat uh it was or sorry enjoyed this chat i really appreciate you being here oliver thank you very much i'm really looking forward to the lesson you're about to teach and uh yeah let's go train let's do it awesome thanks guys awesome.